more perfect day to have church. God has given us uh, an amazingly beautiful day, and we're glad for it. We're going to take advantage of it and, and worship the Lord this morning, and we're glad that he's here. I'm glad that you're here today. I believe that whatever, whatever thing that you had on your heart this morning, walking in here, God has an answer for you, and that he's going to touch your life. Believe me, he's going to touch your life in a special way. I'm going to read from the Word of God, the Bible, and would you stand with me as I read from this Word this morning. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. The Bible says this, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world, the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Amen? Amen. That's our job today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the, for the eternal word of God. It is your voice, it is your witness speaking into our, into our lives in this day. So Father, we thank you today. We pray that throughout this service, the presence and the touch of God are going to be incredibly real in people's lives and in their hearts. Father, I pray. I pray that you're going to bring a word of encouragement, a word of faith, a word that strengthens. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to gather like this together in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you. We pray that the blessing of God will rest upon the music that we'll sing, the word that we will hear, and the fellowship that we will experience. We thank you for all of these things, all in the name of Jesus. Amen. What we're going to do today Amen. is uh, just a little bit different. Uh, I've, got, uh, I've got a message that, that, that's like an accordion. I can expand it or I can shrink it. And... Um, We'll see how that goes. And, but I've asked some men to come up and join me here at the platform. And these men are going to respond to three questions. Three questions that I gave them last week. Question number one is, what have you done as a father that has been a blessing to your family? And, and, I, and I, I don't mean like, well, we went to Disney World last year. Uh, something, something a little bit beyond that. The second question I've asked them to respond to, if you had an opportunity to do something over, what would that be? And the third question is, what advice would you be able to offer to others, men and families in our church? And so I'd like these uh, folks to come and join me right up here. Kyle Brinkman, Brian Johnson, Mark Samuelson, come on right ahead, guys. Mark Samuelson, Raymond C. Hewson, Jason Thurm, Brian Wastey. 
these men are going to speak to you and it depends on how long-winded they get <laughs> and we can use either one of these microphones and let's uh, Kyle let's go with you first I'm just going to do an alphabetical thing okay. you stand right here well I learned something this week uh, not to call pastor in the middle of the week because because uh, <laughs> he says uh, by the way and uh, asked me to do it but anyway he did he did say that Ray was gonna do it so yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay um, uh, the first one is uh, what did I guess kind of what what did you uh, do that you do again or whatever and I just say that I uh, I married a good woman that that uh, is a good is a good mother so, that's good uh, things that I did wrong is uh, I worked too much and uh, I was impatient with the kids and uh, I my kids always have this little saying that there's uh, dad at home and then there's dad on vacation so there's kind of <laughs> two different sides of me and uh, uh, the advice I'd, I'd give is uh, I'd like to encourage you to uh, to uh, consider being uh, foster parents um, I think um, it's a real need in the state of Iowa right now and um, I think we kind of get in our mind that we have to be perfect at it or we have to be a perfect situation but I think if you know if you're average at it um, that's you know ten times better than what that, that kid has so I'd like to encourage you to get certified for it. And there's a billboard when we uh, left uh, Sioux City a couple weeks ago that kind of said that. It was kind of encouraging foster care and, and that basically you don't have to be perfect at it at all. And um, so anyway, that's, that's my advice. Thanks, Hal. Brian, you're up. Hey, happy Ooh, he Father's Day. Notes. He has I notes. <laughs> oh. Pastor just went like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, through the week, actually, though, you know, this really, it's interesting to do this. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, over the week you're thinking about this, it really makes you stop and think, you know. Um, but first of all, yeah, happy Father's Day to all you guys. And I just want to, Psalm 127, um, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, mm -hmm. the fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children's of one youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. So, and that's, uh, I don't know how big my quiver is, but I think it's full. Um, I'm hoping it's full. Um, let's put it that way. But uh, no, Sheree, um, many, most of you know, I think, Sheree and I have six kids, and I uh, echo Kyle's advice, I married a good woman. And that, uh, honestly, that's uh, very important in our household. <coughs> Okay, so what have I done well? Um, I don't know about you guys, I thought these questions are hard to answer because um, you don't feel, you know things are going okay, but did, did, you know, there's so many areas, it's like, did I really do well? But I just put down, um, I direct our kids, I endeavor to direct our kids towards God. Um, again, not perfect like Kyle was saying, um, to grow in that personal relationship with Jesus. Pray with our kids, um, try to do that, and try and remember in every situation to pray with the kids. Um, try to be available. I echo Kyle, we're too busy. Um, 
I work too much sometimes, but uh, even in that, I think that instills a good ethic in the kids um, to see that. And to tell the kids there's no topics off limits. Encourage discussion. Um, we'll talk about anything and we'll lead them through anything. Um, and encourage and equip them in their unique gifts. I think that's one thing too. Um, you can sometimes try to compare your kids and obviously you shouldn't do that because they're all created differently and they all have their own unique gifts. And so to recognize that and uh, base expectations based on who they are. Um, so number two, what would I do over? Um, I'm just so thankful we have a God that gives do-overs, aren't you guys? Amen. Um, and I, I'm like Kyle. Um, I react to situations sometimes too quickly, get frustrated with the kids, and uh, don't take really time to, to listen to them. And sometimes you don't realize your kid's a kid. You know, you think, why aren't you thinking like I'm thinking, even though I'm 50 years old? I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you, want, you, you sometimes expect so much out of your kids that you haven't even grown through these things yet. So that would be the one thing. Um, and just a couple verses that I, I remind myself of. Proverbs 29 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. And then James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So those are a couple guiding verses that I always try to remember and keep me on track a little bit. Um, number three was advice. Um, you know, as husbands, between work, home, um, our family, our children, our wives, and uh, in church, we quite often can feel overwhelmed by all those tasks and, and responsibilities. Um, I think there's a subtle danger in all of that where there's a word that we all know is called busyness and busy. Um, it's easy to lose sight of priorities um, that, that should guide our responsibilities to our Lord, to our wives, to our children. Um, you know, sometimes you can see in your kids reflect who you are, what they're seeing in you. And I just one one cute little story. I think when Shaney was, I don't know, two or three maybe, and I can, Shree was telling her something, and uh, she just in her little way stomped her foot. Me too busy. And, you know, and you just think, where did she get that? Well, duh. <laughs> you know? But... <laughs> And so sometimes those reminders come through our kids. Of, of God uses our kids in those ways too. But, you know, I just want to talk about that, the word busy. That can really be a trap. Um, this busyness that we tell ourselves, it can quickly become a, an excuse for not making needed changes in our lives to line up with our priorities. We need to stop telling people and telling ourselves how busy we are. We're we need to be better time managers and activity managers and do the things we need to do to line up our, our priorities. Um, as the word tells us, we're to be in the world, um, active and engaged, but not of the world. So back to priorities, um, love God. That'd be my first, first real word of advice is to love God. Deuteronomy 6 says the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be a frontlet between your eyes. 
you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The second priority I would say is to love your wife. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, this is something we need to do that without expectation of something in return. Um, so many times we base what we do on what we might get out of a situation and uh, that's not how that needs to work. Um, the way we love our wives should be a reflection of how Jesus loves the church. Practically speaking, my wife should know that what Jesus' love is like simply because of the way I love her. We need to understand and learn and live out to see, so our kids can see these examples and things and see how they perceive what our relationship is with, with the Lord. Um, so just to, let me wrap this up. I know this is longer than probably anybody wanted. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say this. Man, we cannot give what we do not possess. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's not be too busy to listen, love, and do life together with our wife and our children. Things are caught, not taught. Values, character, faith. Our kids are watching and they're listening to us, dads. Balance walking with boldness, courage, and strength with exhibiting humility and love. Endeavor to live out the priorities established by God and remember how you live your life is your biggest testimony, what people see. So our priorities, God, spouse, family, children, and then others. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Good. Good work. Mark, Mark Samuelson. I too have notes. If I didn't have notes, I'd ramble on, and I still might. Um, Myth, I guess the rest of you guys have talked already about you can't be a father without your wife. So when I say, what do I feel, what I've done well as a father, it's what my wife and I have done well. We feel that we've provided a Christ-based home for our children. Uh, I mean that by saying that when we have our children at home, what our wife, my wife and I do at home reflects of what our children knows what's correct, what's correct behavior. So that when they go out into the world and see the things that people do, they can relate to that and say, mom and dad don't do that at home. So therefore, it's wrong, or I need to think about it. A red flag goes up and says, let's think about this. So my wife and I have created a, a, a Christ-based home. I call it a home button for our children. Because anytime you explore, you always go back to your home base and compare what you saw there to what's happening at home. So I feel like we've, we've done that very well. Uh, always give something, something to compare to. I guess the, our motto at home is, if you don't see it or hear it or do it at home, it's probably not going to happen out there. I mean, I hope I explained that correctly. Anyway, second question, what would you do over? This is my long list of things I should do over. <laughs> A bunch. No. Um, I guess I would pay more attention to small details. Um, 
when the kids were little, I struggled to remember the little things that they, how little, the little things in life. Now that they're growing up, they're paying, they, um, yeah, I guess, the, the little things in life. Um, pay attention to your kids. Your kids are watching you every day. <laughs> the advice I have for fathers is be the person that you want your kids to become. If you want them to live a life that pleases God, you live a life that pleases God. I've had a good example of that in my life. My father has done the same for me, and I appreciate it. Be a good example for the kids because they're watching. Take the time to be with them. Make the time for your kids. It's so worth it. And that's all I've got. Amen. Raymond? It's going to be kind of hard to top all them. <laughs> um, what do you believe you've done well as a father? Um, I mean, that, I've been looking at this all week, and it, it really makes you take a step back and really look at, you know, what you've done well. You know, we have kids as old as 30 and, and the youngest is 16. Um, I guess the best thing, and I haven't done it alone. It's been my wife, the church family, everything. And probably the biggest thing is raising our kids as Christians. Um, one thing that really sticks out in my mind is um, our oldest, when she was, we just had VBS this week for um, preschoolers. And Donna, wanted, Donna was going to take Sarah to preschool VBS, and she couldn't hardly even talk yet. And I thought, gal. So she goes to Glory Aiden's VBS. She comes home all excited about Jesus. And that's been going on for 29 years. So that's great. If there's an area in my life as a father which we would do over something over, what would that be? And I would say it's time. Spending time with your kids is, is priceless. Um, I'm a farmer, so which I'm glad because I can take my kids with me on a day's work or whatever. I can take them with me, go on whatever work. So I feel like I was um, very blessed to do that. So my advice to young, young parents is spend time with your kids, no matter how that is. And um, the last question, is there some words of advice you could offer to other fathers is, um, I'm going to repeat number two, spend time with your kids. Yeah. So that's all I have. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Jason? Jason Thurman. Well, the first question, what, what have I done well as a father? I, pastor kind of left, left me scrambling because I was going to say, five years ago, we took our kids to Disney World. <laughs> so uh, what I would say, and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but what I think I've done well, I, I would describe that as I've been available and I've been active. And my time, my me time is early in the morning before school, before anybody gets up. And after everybody's in bed at night, that's when I can kind of sit back and just kind of decompress a little bit. But anytime between early morning and late night when everybody's in bed, I'm 
if I'm available, if I don't have school commitments, we're active with our kids. And that could be fishing, it could be golfing, it could be biking, campfires, darts, dominoes, um, just hitting ground balls, pitching batting practice. My arm's kind of dragging right now. It's a little sore from all the, the pitches I've thrown. But uh, just being active and being involved with them. And I don't want any regrets where it's like, oh, I wish I would have spent more time with the kids. And uh, I just, I feel that's very important, and I think I do a pretty good job with that. As far as the second thing with improvements go, uh, the do-overs, I don't think I'd really do anything over, but there are so many things that I can improve on, and my wife reminds me of that <laughs> daily, pretty much. I forgot to tell her that I was going to be up here this morning, and I didn't tell her until we were on the way to church. And uh, she, she said, she turned back to the boys and she said, Dad never talks to Mom. <laughs> but I would say that the big thing for me, the, the, the biggest area is being a spiritual leader in the family. My wife literally is the church lady. She is, she's constantly praying with the boys. She is doing devotions with them. She's praising. It, it's never-ending. And... It's a little bit intimidating for me to try to reach that level, but that's just that's something that I need to do to get better on, so I need to be a little bit more intentional with that as well. And lastly, advice, and I don't consider myself an expert, but I would say example is the big thing, setting that example. As fathers, it's, it's, we're going to be a good example or we're going to be a bad example. I can tell my kids, boys, you need to do this, or boys, don't do that, but ultimately it's going to be my example that's going to be the most powerful to them. Mm -hmm. And they're going to see how I treat their mother. They're going to hear the words that I speak every day. They're going to see how I respond in situations when things don't go my way. So my advice would be be aware of the example that you set and be intentional with that example. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Brian, Brian Wasty. All right. Well, I uh, kind of stuck my neck out just a little bit, and I thought, you know, I'm going to ask the kids what, what they think. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> wow. But uh, uh, so uh, one of my children, you know, I, I asked him, well, you know, what do you think I've, I've done well as a father? One of them said, well, you've been a good provider. You've been able to provide for our needs. And that's important as a dad. To, you want to provide for your kids. And so, so I was thankful for that, um, that I've been able. God, and that's, that's God's blessing. You know, God enables us and, uh, as we pray, as we seek to serve the Lord. Um, he can enable us with the strength that he gives to, to provide for our families. So I thank God that he has helped us in that way. One of our other children said, um, I showed them how to serve others, you know, to try to put others before ourselves. And um, I don't always do that. I can be selfish sometimes, too. But um, I, do, uh, I, I do try to do that, and I'm glad that they could see that. Uh, in terms of what I could do better as a father, what would I do different or do over? Um, a common theme here, um, you know, less time at work, more time with family. They grow up so quick. <laughs> I can't believe Kent, you know, he's going off to college this fall. I think, man, where did the time go? 
So for those of you who are changing diapers and carrying diaper bags and doing the car seats and all that, there, there is hope. It does. <laughs> it goes very quickly. So, uh, uh, so especially those folks in the back row. I mean, they're busy back there with the little ones, but it, it goes so fast. So, um, and if there's a word of advice uh, that I could give, um, you know, don't let your career and hobbies, you know, take too much of your time away uh, from your family because um, that's. Uh, you know, they're what lives on after us. Amen. So, in investing our, our uh, time in our kids is really the most important, our most important job, you know, and um, sometimes um, uh, uh, living and working in a world, it, it can kind of take some of the life out of you. And um, I know sometimes on the drive home uh, from work, um, you know, it's like, boy, you know, I, now I've got to get prayed up and ready for <laughs> my most important job when I get home. And believe me, I haven't always done that right, and my kids would tell you that, too. Right? It's, you know, because sometimes you're, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're worn out from a long day, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I could have been more patient and more loving. I could have been a better example for them, but... Uh, I think they understand that. They know I'm trying. So, so anyway, if I can give a word of encouragement to anyone, why uh, just uh, spend as much time with them as you can because they sure grow up fast. So thank you. Amen. Can I stay here for a moment? Can I ask you guys just to join with me up here? <clears throat> I want us to... I want us to just pray for the men here of our church. These men have uh, been very, I think, transparent, uh, in some areas very vulnerable. And I thank God for that. And I think it's important for us to understand. <clears throat> I think these men represent uh, uh, the, the fact that they're, they're not necessarily perfect and everything, and yet God is great. And God helps us. And uh, we can look back and say, I wish I could have done this differently. But yet at the same time, God has helped us through that. And uh, we can count on God in this thing. And we really need the Lord in these days, don't we? So guys, let's grab our hands. Can we do that? Father, I thank you for these men here today at the front of this church. But I also thank you for every man that's sitting here in this sanctuary today. And I pray for them earnestly in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Father, I pray that you'll help us to be good husbands, good fathers, godly men. Father, help us to lead our families well. Help us to be faithful in all things. Help us to literally model what it, be, what it means to be a, a quality Christian man, a husband and a father, and a leader of our homes. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I want to read a text that's uh, very important, and I want to speak about this just for a moment. Let me, let me shift gears just for about 15 or 20 seconds here very quickly. Uh, at the back of the church sanctuary, there's going to be some offering plates and everything. I want us to be able to bless the Powers family today, okay? 
I want us to be able to do a good job of that. And, and on your way out, if, you, uh, if you're able to give a good offering, would you do that? And uh, just put it in those plates that are available. And, and uh, we want to bless them before they walk out of this place today. Okay, from Malachi chapter 4. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. He was the last prophet to write and to speak to the people of God. After that, there was a 400-year silence in which God did not speak in any way, shape, or form to his people. I want us to consider something this morning because in this text, and let me read it, this is the last verse, the very last verse of the Old Testament, the last word from God to his people. Listen to this. The hearts, I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to jump up a half a verse before. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will return, the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Powerful words. God had been speaking to his people for probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,500 years. He had talked to them in various ways. God had spoke to them through Abraham, he formed a covenant through Abraham. He spoke through Moses. There was a covenant. There was a covenant through David. And all of these things, he had, he had a dozen prophets that we read about. Every one of those prophets spoke to the people of Israel. Everyone. Everyone made the effort to guide them, to give them a direction, to encourage them even to correct them in some areas and all of these things and when we get to the book of malachi this is an interesting book you could read it in probably about 10 or 15 minutes this is an interesting book because the people of god had become so arrogant they were actually talking back to god god would say you have done this and they would say but when have we done this I don't know about these six fathers up here, but when the kids talk back to you, that's a pretty serious thing. Usually there are some serious consequences that usually result in that kind of an action. And so God, God speaks to us. God speaks to, uh, through Malachi, and he's spoken in many, many ways. And he spoke here. I noticed a large article in the Des Moines Register this past week. I believe it was on Wednesday, that spoke of the state of the American family. And it spoke of this. It said there is a steep decline in family values over the past six to eight years. And uh, this has impacted the American family and caused it to be in the worst state that has ever been in the entire history of our country. Think of that. Now that comes from a very liberal newspaper. But it says the family today is in its worst state than ever before. Now I want to share something with you from my heart. I believe that can turn around. And I believe the people that can turn it around are the people sitting right in this room today. 
I believe you people get it. And you get it right, you work at it, you endeavor to do it better. These six guys are evidence, evidences of that, of the effort that we put into our families. I believe that can turn around, but it can't just be confined within these walls. This must spread across the nation. There must be a revival, if you will, of this kind of a thing across our nation. It went on to say the crumbling of the American family has been on a downward spiral since 1960, but the past dozen years have seen the steepest decline of all. That's bad news. Today, one out of three American children live in a home in which there is no father. That's bad news. That is a profound impact upon our culture. The superintendent of a large suburban school in Minneapolis called local pastors to join him for a meeting. He stood before them grim-faced and he said these words, and I quote, Gentlemen, from where I sit, I can smell the rotting fiber of our society. I see things happening in the lives of our children that brought the Roman Empire to ruins. And unless we do something about this, and do it soon, our children will grow up in America that bears no resemblance to what we grew up in. That is from a school superintendent in Minneapolis, Minnesota, to local pastors, appealing to them, we have got to do something. God has placed the father at the very head. The head position of the, and having the greatest influence in their children's spiritual lives. And this is something that definitely carries well into adulthood. Understand this. Today is Father's Day and I want to encourage you. I really do. I want to encourage you. Keep up the good work. Keep it up. We need dads that... that Look, we're not going to get super, we're not, we're, my message is entitled, uh, Dad, I forgot what my message is titled. <laughs> Maybe we better bring it, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Dad, one of a kind hero. Let me tell you something, Dad is not superhero. He doesn't wear a cape. He doesn't fly faster than a speeding bullet. He doesn't. He isn't able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. He's dad. He's dad. And I want you to know something. I think dad's doing a good job. That's how I see it. I think dad's doing a good job. Is there room for improvement? You bet. We can all say amen to that. Whether we're a dad, whether we're a mom, whether we're a father, a mother, or whoever we are, we can see the rooms for improvement. But I'm telling you, there aren't any superheroes or anything like that. But these are fathers who have been moved by the Holy Spirit of God to help them do their parts, help them to step up, step up, and be a dad. 
I think the reason God issues these warnings that come from, from various parts of the Bible, I read you one here from the uh, book of Malachi, is because he loves us and he tells us how much he desires to bring his blessing into the family. Interestingly, Lifeway Research studied several thousand families and came to this conclusion. It's an interesting conclusion. He said, those kids whose father attended church regularly were much less likely, the kids now, the kids were much less likely to drop out of the church as young adults. That speaks to me. Because we know that right now, 70% of our kids, after they leave the home at, say, 18, drop out of the faith. And they do not return, likely until they're into their 30s, maybe into their 40s. But this research is telling us dads make a difference. Fathers make the difference. In fact, they said a father's spiritual influence and church attendance makes a much bigger impact than even the mother's influence. And we're not in a competition here or anything like that. But I think these are strong, profound uh, facts that, that they're worth listening to and they're worth understanding. Our kids need heroes. And they don't have to be people who have capes. They don't have to be people who fly. They need a father. They need a dad. They need a one-of-a-kind hero who can lead the family from the heart. I really appreciate what these six guys said this morning because I think there's a lot of stuff that came right from the heart. Some of them said, I, I, I thought about this thing all week long. I, I really didn't think the questions were that difficult, but, but they, are, they, they cause us to pause and they recognize some things that sometimes we just take for granted and they go on and on and things like that and then we have to think about it. And I'm glad we think about it. I'm glad that you are here today. These are men who stepped up to be great husbands and good fathers. And they're investing in their homes. And let me tell you, it's not just our home today, it's the, the next generation that we're investing in. If you want to understand why some of the things that you see among young parents today that are messed up, <clears throat> it's because they came from a messed up home. And now they're messed up and they're messing up their kids. And so these things are very real. And these are blessed men and have God's favor and God's grace. Would you stand with me? And Janet, if you could return, please. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> Folks, we're serious about this here at Faith Community Church. <clears throat> I would love to see if you ask, you know, if I had to answer these questions today myself, and I, and I kind of thought through them a little bit, and I'm not going to spend that time giving you an answer. I will speak of this. It was because of God's grace. That's no kidding. God's grace helped us to raise two girls that love God. And now grandkids that love God. It was God's grace. It wasn't because we were brilliant parents, because we weren't. It was God's grace that bridged through 
the weaknesses of our parenting skills. I'm with you guys. I really had it in my thickened head that if I do God's ministry, God will take care of my family. Boy, was that messed up thinking. It doesn't work that way. And if God has to, he'll remove you from ministry. Just simply remove you. And that came close to. All I can say is this. It was by the grace of God that he has helped us, strengthened us, bridged through troubled times, and helped us to always love him. We didn't give up. We didn't quit. We didn't throw up our hands. We kept going. And so I encourage you this morning, do that. Do that. Before I pray here, John and Ann Powers are going to be just right over there by the black piano. If some of you would like some special prayer or just to visit with them further. These folks have been through a lot of stuff. And there's probably not a whole lot that you'll bring to the table that they haven't seen. And they haven't waded through. And they'll be the first to tell you it was God's grace that kept them all away. That strengthen them. Let that be a factor, that, not just a factor, the factor of your life. Okay? Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hands. Father, may the Lord bless and keep our families here at Faith Community Church. Help us to walk out of here as dads with a greater commitment, a greater level of, uh, uh, of energy and saying, I'm going to be stronger as a dad. I'm going to be better as a father. I'm going to take a step up. And I believe God will help me. Father, I thank you for every family here. Let the families of faith be blessed of God. Father, I thank you that you will help us. Would you put your covering over our lives and over our homes? and our families. Cause a wall of protection to be built around our children. Keep them safe, not just from physical harm, but from the spiritual harms that could come. So Father, may your blessing flow into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.